What would you do if you got scammed? Would you suffer in silence or would you do something about it? Well, I got scammed once and this is the story of what I did. I'm Justin Sales, the host of The Wedding Scammer, a true crime podcast from The Ringer. And for seven episodes, we're hunting a con man, a guy with a lot of aliases, a guy who's ruined a lot of weddings. And with the help of some friends, I just might be able to catch him. Listen to The Wedding Scammer on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. of all ages, I'd like to welcome you back to the Death Taxes and Bananas podcast, and we are here to recap yet another challenge final. Uh, Now, I just want to start off by saying, Tom Brady, uh, I know that you slept um, peacefully last night knowing that your and my record of seven wins is still intact. I have not surpassed you yet, yet being the operative word. Because if you think you've seen the last of this guy, you're sorely mistaken. Now, my next guest probably wishes and is hoping this is the last time she sees me on my podcast. (laughs) Because I like to say, like red wine, I'm an acquired taste. And sometimes it takes a little longer for some people to acquire a taste for bananas than others. I mean, you want to talk about just all-time great redemption stories. I don't think we've ever witnessed a better redemption story than we did uh, this season of the Challenge USA and in this final. It's very rare in life, in sports, on the challenge that you are able to right a wrong within a season, but she did just that. Played an absolutely amazing game from beginning to end. I cannot say enough about uh, what she went through this season, uh, mostly having to be stuck in a house with with me for six weeks. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to welcome my next guest, the female winner of the Challenge USA season two, Miss Desi Williams. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks. I'm just going to say I... uh... Love red wine. Didn't take me long to fall in love with red wine. Took me much much longer to to fall in love with the Johnny Bananas. But we're but we're here. We've made it. We're here. Made it over the mountaintop. I gotta say, there's not a female that has ever been in my life that has not had to go through a tumultuous path in any sort of relationship with me. (laughs) So don't worry. Okay, you're not alone. However, some people get me in the beginning, out of the gate, especially. 
if they have a friend that has like kind of talked me up a little bit, maybe like vouched for me, maybe been like, hey, this guy's actually great. We were partners last season. You should like look out for him. And I'm talking about Justine, but that didn't change anything. This season, you were still like, uh uh-uh, not this guy. Yeah, I will say after Globals, Justine sung your praises. But I don't know, Johnny, when I'm locked in the house with you, I was just like, this man doesn't quit. It was just, I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody with quite as much energy as you. And it took a while. It took a while to realize you were coming from a good place. Or, okay, yes, yeah, a good place. But also, did it ever occur to you that we are also there to make television <laughs> and you just yes. sitting around not saying anything, being boring. Does it make great TV? There is a reason that they keep having me back. Okay. It's not because I helped MTV bury a body uh, years ago. Uh, that's why they have me back on. That might be part of the part of the thing, but also dun, dun. I mean, I've been told once or twice in the past, I make good television, even though it's an obnoxious brand every now and then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I understand we're making a television show, but I don't. I, some of the stories were obviously not going to make air. They were, <laughs> which does make for good TV, but uh, it makes for some so. At, at what guests. point? At what point did I even like had the jet ski even like arrived at the dock before you realized like, or before you you had already made up your mind that it's like, yeah, this guy's got to go. No, no, no. I had no preconceived notions about you because Justine said you were great. So I was like, then all right, why didn't you pick I'm me? looking forward, you know, if I could redo it all over again, uh, especially, you know, where, where Wes and my relationship stands in this moment. Honestly, I, I, yeah, I, I would have done it differently. And I might have, I would have picked Fessy sooner too. Like if I could redo so good. it. So, so you're saying, because Wes still holds that over my head. He's like, you were the last, you were the last vet picked. So what you're yeah. saying is if you had to do it over again, it wouldn't have gone that way. I, 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 I would have been first. I would have picked differently. Yeah. I mean, Wes unfollowed me. So what, what happened with you and Wes? <laughs> I didn't know Wes unfollowed you. What happened? I Why? I, you know, honestly, I don't know. I don't know what upset him so deeply that it warranted an unfollow. But that's, yeah, I guess, I guess that's petty. Cool. I agree. I agree. I mean, yeah. I, I At least mute him. See, I don't, I don't. <laughs> Okay, maybe I'll do an unfollow here and there. Very rarely, right? If anything, I don't want to give this person the satisfaction or the trolls and the T-pages the satisfaction of knowing it happened. So what I'll do is I'll just like restrict or mute them. That way it's like, I just don't have to hear their shit. That makes more sense, right? So it's it's more adult way, I think, to handle it. But, you know, whatever. No no shame on his in his game. Wes unfollowed me recently too because, um, yeah, 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 because his, what? His, his, well, his daughter came out and she has a striking resemblance to me. Oh my God. <laughs> and you, you made it known, right? Did he really unfollow you? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And, he's, and, and last That's I heard, wild. he wants to go back on Maury with me to do <laughs> a who's the father paternity Pater- test. Paternity tests? I'm Lie here detector. for it. I think, I think you should do it. I mean, Sounds like he has deeper issues. If that's if he thinks that's a real threat, then there's deeper issues spewing over in uh, Kansas City. But you know, we're doing a father reveal party uh, for his daughter. <laughs> if you want, if you want to come, that'll be fun. Yeah, please. It's going to pop out of a cake or a, a cannon. What's the what's the plan? Well, no. If it's if it's me, it's going to be yellow, and if it's him, it's going to be red and and oh, freckle and uh, like freckles or, like freckles instead of confetti. Freckles are going to shoot out of the cannon. Uh, yeah, it could have been oranges or ginger. That would have been, yeah. <laughs> or like used tampons. <laughs> Gross. Oh, God. Jeez. All right, too Desi, far, you too know far. what? My God, dude, this is a children's show. But hey, watch your mouth. I, I Behave yourself. Not.
Behave <laughs> from, yourself. From the hat alone, I hope not. <laughs> and shirt, for that matter. <laughs> Fuck around and find out. So, here we are. This is your second season of the challenge. Your second final in a row. Just for starters, and I know the list is probably very long, but we'll do like, I don't know, top three, top four, top five. What were the biggest differences for you? Because you're one of the very few who has done both CBS 1 and CBS 2, USA 1, USA 2, with MTV's involvement and without. What were the biggest differences, would you say, um, good, bad, ugly, between your first season and your second season, involving, I guess, like the difference in like, the cast, the 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 dynamic of the house. I'm literally comparing apples to oranges. I will say this game was more stressful. There was certainly more, I think, scheming and, and lying. And there was more like gameplay happening. Season one was very straight. It was, I mean, it was honestly a kind of boring season. It was like once you won a daily, you were kind of good to go until, you know, we were no longer at that portion of the game. So it was a very predictable game in that way and boring, honestly. Um, so this was not boring in any way. I think we can both share that, like, we were stressed all the time. It's like anybody can put your name in the hopper and then you're gone. But on the flip side of that, it was so much more fun. Like, nights out, season one, we were just, like, watching the clock. Like, all right, how many conversations do I have to have before you guys will let us go home? This time it was like, we're out. We're going to take shots. We're going to have a good time. And if somebody was having a conversation, I'd be like, could you guys wrap it up so we can have some fun in this bitch? Um, so it was just like... Yeah, I'd say those are the biggest. I heard she's, I mean, I wasn't there, obviously, but from what I heard, I heard it was all basically not like nine to five uh, alliance building and then 10 p.m. Everyone's in bed, 6 a.m. Everyone's awake. And there was just really no friction, no drama, that sort of thing. I mean, there was so much drama this season. They actually had to edit a lot of it out. Yeah, there was so much not shown. So many relationships, so many arguments that just nobody will ever know. Did you feel like the casting this season from Survivor and Big Brother was better than the casting they did on the first season? Oh, for sure. I I do think you get to a certain point where like, yeah, you want to see Survivor legends, but you also want to see people who are gonna be fun. And I think they picked some Survivors like No Shade last season that just weren't going to be a whole lot of fun. Like they were there to get a job done and they were going to go to bed at 10 p.m. and there was nothing you could do about it. All right. Who? So who was like the worst cast member to have on first season of the Challenge USA and why was it Sarah? <laughs> Sarah grew on me. So Sam, I'm not the best person to ask about Sarah. Um, and Sarah had her, I mean, Sarah had her moments of fun. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Well, yeah. She didn't, she didn't can- bring it in on Globals. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think you need the right combination of uh, drinks and people. And she had a couple nights where I was like, oh, okay, Sarah can turn All on. right. Well, then who was the worst casting decision for this season and why was it me? <laughs> I I disagree with that, obviously. Aww. I don't <laughs> I, I think so you think we're doing this podcast raised... now and not like oh. a few months ago. Surely. I mean, for, for sure. For sure. We would have done this podcast week two in the house. I'd have been like, why did you guys bring this man here? And he can take the rest of the vets home with him, too. Like, screw them all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, back then. That was pretty much the game plan right out of the gate. Now, I obviously had, for the first time ever, well, not for the first time ever, for the first time in a long time, I came into a challenge where I literally felt like I was the rookie because it was like, you guys like had this, this alliance this like immovable force 
And it was, and I didn't, nobody wanted to talk to me. Nobody wanted to hang out with me. No one wanted to listen to my awesome jokes. No one laughed at my jokes. I'm like, that's when I knew it was, it was bad. I'm like. And in fact, I think Alyssa L had, had a talking to with you about how terrible she thought oh, your jokes were. No, me and Alyssa L. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I still, I, I, you know, you said this you a long time. <laughs> no, no, I never would. Okay, uh, do you okay. know, do you know how you said that it took you a long time to acquire your taste? For, I think she's still trying to figure out how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Uh, yeah. I would agree with that. How about the fact, and I know you were probably bummed out about this. Were you bummed that there was no partners in the final this season? <laughs> oh, devastated. I was like, I just would love if I could put my entire fate in someone's hands again. What better feeling? Yeah, that was the biggest relief. And I, but you know, I played, I also feel like I would have been okay being partners with any man who had made it to the final. So I will say that, but it was very much in my head that like, we could be paired up with someone in the final. Who do I want to run a final with? Um, as kind of the eliminations came up. You're like, either I'll run it with a man or an overgrown man baby. <laughs> either way, I know they can make it to the end. Most importantly, they won't All right, quit. So obviously no partners. Yeah, that was a really, that was a really tough break for you last season to go through what you go through. And you know how it is through an entire challenge season, only to have it come down to a partner just completely quitting and shitting the bed and you having to go with them. I mean, that's, that's brutal. Um, did you have a different strategy? I mean, I guess you had to just based on the, who was in the house, but did you have a different strategy going into season two than you did into season one? I mean, I think I go into every season like adaptable and ready to start over. Tiffany and I ended season one on a bad note. So coming into season two, I was like, am I going to be able to trust her? Are we going to be able to work together? Um, I think a lot of the CBS people like do a, a lot of reality TV stuff. So they are very tight outside of the game. So I also didn't know if the rookies were going to be penetrable to somebody like me who like mostly kind of stays out of the mix. Penetrable um, rookies, my favorite. Yeah, I we know. So his, so the history books show. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm talking about in the game sense. What are you, what are, what are, what are you referring to? Right, right. I, th I think everybody... Uh, watch yeah. watch your mouth. Watch everybody your knew mouth. that. I was just agreeing. So I don't know that I came up with a particular strategy. Like I, I am the kind of person who wants to kind of fly under the radar as much as possible. I want to play the game as safe as possible and make it to the end. And yeah, that, that was my ultimate goal was I got I to gotta at least make it to the final. So you thought the safest way to go about this game is to come right out of the gate swinging for the, the, the MTV legends who have been doing this for since, I mean, I probably knew this since you were like in grade school. So you thought so that was the strategy. That was the overarching strategy that was going to work out. I do remember watching you before I was allowed to watch MTV in secret. Um, <laughs> See, that's why I put that joke out there before you did. Yeah, yeah, that was that was smart. It's so not really, it's not really a joke. Yeah, it should have. I mean, it should have been easy, right? There's 18 of us. There's six of you. So if the rookies would have held strong, it seems like a clear path. Like, yeah, let's just knock all of them out, and then we can duke it out amongst ourselves. So. Yeah, I did think that was the safest way if people, other people would have seen it that way. Well, they did. But here's the thing. I think early on, this is the thing. I think that was, that was the agreement. That was the strategy. That's why you had Big Brother and Survivor working together because there was one common enemy in the house and that was MTV. But this is what I've said and this is what I've maintained. I've said this on a few, with a few different guests from both Big Brother and Survivor. The difference between the challenge, and you know this obviously because you were on the first season, then Big Brother and Survivor, is just because you have the votes to get rid of someone doesn't mean they're gone. 
So, yeah. which is why, like, say, a game like Chris's, for example, this season, probably would have worked on Survivor because you can lie to everyone you want, have deals with everybody. Because I don't think if that you social get... game would have worked anywhere. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it would have worked better. But, I'm, yeah. but, but so, because you basically, as long as you have the numbers and the votes to get rid of someone, they're gone. Whereas in this game, not only did the hopper kind of throw that all into question, but then you have an elimination. So this person has the ability to come back. And then I think the big game changer, which nobody really factored in, was the power of defection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. how did those elements then kind of counteract the strategy you had to get rid of us? Because yes, you sent Tori in, she came back, you sent me and I came back. I actually defected and basically just ruined everyone's world. Yeah, so I mean, Tories was the only way that went exactly as planned. Like the plan is, we still have enough numbers that the odds should be in our favor. If we put up a vet and we all put our balls on vets, the odds of a vet going in are still pretty good, right? But there were too many people who were playing the middle, the Michelles, the Joshes, the Chris's of the world, where you don't have quite the strength that you think you have. The power of affection certainly changes everything. But in terms of like playing the hopper, with 18 versus six, we still would have had the numbers. They were just people who were playing both sides. And, you know, rightfully so. If you can, people, I guess like, you do it. We like using names on here. Like what people, what people would you say were playing both sides? Who do you think stood true to their, uh, you know, show to their allegiance to their, you know, franchise better than others? You already said Chris. I, mean, I think obviously Chris is playing. I mean, there are a lot of people playing, you know, Chris, Pauly. Uh, Michelle, Corey, Corey towards the end started playing the middle. I think in the beginning what? he didn't. Towards the beginning, what do you mean? Right in the beginning, he threw me in because he wanted to play because oh, yeah, he wanted I mean, to play with the blue team, and he wanted he he saw the numbers with you know CBS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think I do think Corey was playing the middle, but not as blatantly, and not I don't think he not as strongly as like the Chris, the Michelle, the Josh, the Polly, the Fessy. Yeah, we call those floaters. Yeah, I mean, and it works. Yeah, because they are, they have the, yeah, it worked for them because they have the opportunity to play that game. Guess who doesn't have that option is me. Yes, yes. But it would have made more sense if they banded with us to get the use out of it because no, in the it end. Made, it would have made more sense if you would have just backed me up in the beginning and been my friend. I don't know. I think the Vet Alliance is pretty impenetrable. Like, would that have been a realistic Alliance, because actually Chris tried to get me to work with Tori, probably like vote three. He was like, I think you should try to make an alliance with Tori. And I was like, I talked to Tori. And I was like, hmm, absolutely not. How did, okay, so when you say this vet impenetrable vet alliance, what did that consist of? Because I didn't see an impenetrable vet alliance. I think the only person that really truly had my back vet wise was, was Tori uh, and Wes. But other than that, I mean, Amanda was off playing her own game. Corey was obviously playing his game. Fessy nominated me second to go in. Josh swore on his dead grandfather, went back on it. So, I mean. But that's that was at the end of the game, right? So when we're looking, we're at the very beginning of the game, all we can do is base our decision upon, like, upon past seasons that we've seen. And traditionally, in past seasons, vets work together to get out rookies. That's just like historically the, the, the narrative that's told. So we can only operate at the very beginning of the game based upon what we've seen happen in the past. And I was, a, I basically was in all intents and purposes, a rookie coming into this game. At least that's the way it felt. I was like, am I yeah. on the challenge or is this naked and afraid? Cause I'm afraid and I'm <laughs> naked. Yeah. Welcome to survivor. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> um, all right. So you had Desi, 
you, obviously, Tiffany and Alyssa L., all from season one of the challenge. You said you and Tiffany had a little tiff coming in. Did you guys have any sort of like discussion coming in? It's like, yo, we got to stay like challenge USA one strong. We got to stick together. Or was that just kind of not really a thing? No, I think there was certainly, I mean, Tiffany and I had made kind of made amends like over the phone since we kind of had our, our disagreement or whatever it was. What was the disagreement over? You know, it was so, I think she was hurt that she thought we were going to work together season one and then she went home. So I think she just like thought we were closer than we were. So she was a little hurt about that. I made a comment on social media that I truly meant sincerely. And she thought I was being, I, I do tend to be sarcastic. And I think she thought I was being sarcastic. So she thought I was being mean when really I was truly praising her. So yeah, there was some conversation about at least us not going against each other, trying to work together, seeing what happened in the house. But like, we're not gonna, you know, we were we were the only three ass back. So let's try to- yeah, Not represent, hold it down. Each other. It's funny because early on, and this is when I kind of saw the way that Chris was moving in the house because it didn't. It, he kind of started being shifty early on. But I remember we were, we were in the sauna, him and I, sweating. Naked. Just the two of you? Just the two of us. No cameras, oh. conveniently. And he was like, just so you know, he goes, I'm on like the odd, I'm the odd man out of the Survivor Alliance. I'm looking for a new home. He goes, but, just so you know, like they're looking at this, like the CBS Big Brother Survivor, they see the MTV people on the challenge invading their network, their their home, and they want to like take this away. That's why they're trying to get rid of you. How much of that factored in where we came in and you guys were like, this is this is our show. Yes, it's called the challenge, but it's on CBS. Therefore, you don't belong here. Man, Chris running his mouth. No, I mean, there, there is truth to that. Like, that that was how we felt. It's like, this is our show, and if we let them take it over, next season, a majority of the cast is going to be MTV, and CBS people aren't going to stand a chance. Um, so, yeah, it was partly that, where it's like, let's put this on fair, like, we want the playing field to be fair. You guys are really good at making reality TV. It, it shows. Like, you, I remember day one with Corey, like, he would just be like chilling and quiet. And as soon as the camera would come, he'd be like, so Desi, tell me yeah, about it. your, I'm like, we've literally been sitting here for 30 <laughs> minutes, staring at the wall, saying nothing to each other. And now suddenly you've got something to talk to me about. So, I mean, it is, it's impressive the way you guys can turn it on, but it also is going to take away from us. And this is our network. And I didn't want it to be pulled from underneath us. How entertaining, okay, first of all, you guys were not outnumbered, let's be real, but how entertaining, how much less entertaining would it have been? Just say, like, I wasn't there. It, I mean, yeah, the, the guitar alone, honestly, like, they were, there you go. The, the, the guitar is a saving grace, um, for sure. So, yes, now that I've I've experienced it and I've lived it, I season two was so much more fun, like, yeah. so much more fun. You guys stressed me the fuck out, but, like, I had so much fun. I'll tell you what stressed me out. And we already talked about it. This Hopper situation. Okay. Yeah. And I, and again, yeah. I correct me if I'm wrong, but season one, you did have like guy day, girl day, right? Male elimination, female or didn't, you didn't. Uh, yeah. They started off partners. And then once yeah. it became an individual game, it was got guy day, girl okay. day, guy day, girl day. So at least you knew on a given week, Hey, if I make it through the girl day, or if I make it through the guy day, I've got a week to chill before I got to worry again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The hopper made it so not only did you not know if it was going to be a guy or gay or girl day, 
But you also didn't know until you got there because the secret votes, if you were even an option. So you never had that ability to like take a breath and like de-stress because you were in a constant state of like high anxiety for six straight weeks. So, I mean, it was a lot. And then coupled with the fact that a person can hide behind their hopper vote, right? So I could just be having a day where I'm like, hmm, let me just, I mean, Operation Hat Trick for, for you know, one example of that, where you're just like, oh, I'm just for fun, I'm going to throw a ball on Desi. Like she's, even if I'd been in your alliance all season long, you could just decide one day that you just wanted to have a little I fun didn't with throw, the hopper. I didn't throw a ball on you. Oh, no, I wasn't saying, I was just saying that's oh. an example of like when, you know, balls were kind of flippantly thrown. It wasn't like this is a personal vendetta for anyone in particular. It's just like me. Yeah, I mean, I, see, I'm used to that. That might be like something out of normal for you. I'm used to having balls thrown at me all the time. Um, every time I'm out in public, I got to wear a helmet because I've just got balls coming at me from every direction. I can direction. only imagine a man of your caliber. How many, <laughs> <laughs> how many advances um, you're getting. So here's here's what I thought was impressive, though, and, and and you guys really like, and this is what I think separates Survivor, because I think there are a lot of crossovers between Big Brother and, and Survivor, just as far as like fans, the gameplay, that sort of thing. But you guys really stick to this Survivor strong mentality better than, I mean, way better than us MTV people do. I mean, it, it didn't take more less than... Two, three nominations before Corey and, you know, completely jump ship. But you guys literally until the end, it seemed like with the, obviously things got a little dicey towards the end when like, you know, M Michelle kind of got exposed for playing the game that she was playing. And then, you know, Cassidy was kind of on the outs. Chris was on the outs. But for the most part, it seemed like you guys were always in lockstep with your votes. Why do you feel like you guys were so much better equipped and able to like stick together and stay Survivor strong than the Big Brother players were? I mean, Survivor is a game that that's how you make it to the next vote, right? Is having a strong alliance. That's the only way to make it to the next vote. Um, I don't really know how Big Brother is played, but I know there's like the power of the veto that can be won and you could have possibly lost and maybe been going and then you can win your way back. And obviously the challenge is the same way. Like you can be voted in to the sand, but then you can win and come back into the game. Where Survivor's a game that's like, once you're outside of the numbers, you're going home and there's there's no way to come back for that. So I think it's important in Survivor to be true to your alliance up until a certain point, right? There's always that time in Survivor where somebody decides to flip and that's like their game-winning move. But for a majority of Survivor, it makes sense for you to stick with the same people and be loyal because the, the moment you expose that you're no longer loyal, you're the next person going home. So I just think it, the game of Survivor kind of trains you to be more loyal than the do you challenge. Think, do you think, well, but you know what's different about the challenge though? And this is why you almost in a weird way kind of have to be a little more loyal, even though it didn't really show this season, is because on Survivor generally, it's like a one and done, right? Unless you come back for an all-stars or a special, you do it once. So it doesn't matter what you say to this person, how bad you screw them over, you never have to deal with them again. Yeah, that's true. Challenge that's true. is like, I'm going to see you soon. Fuck and around in many and find ways, out. I think that I think that halts you all's gameplay. Like I think it it, it does affect your gameplay in a lot yeah. of ways because you all are playing for the next season, and we're just kind of like mm, this person might hate me, but yeah. you know I might not ever see them again. So well, but but now do you feel like because that I mean obviously you're a shoe in to be around for a long time if you want to be. Do you think now that that's something that you're going to have to kind of have to start factoring into your game? Like, oh, maybe I might have to start playing for, for, for the future? 
Oh God, I hope not. That that has, adds a whole other element that's so much more stressful. Um, but obviously, yes. Like, and and I think too at baseline, I am a very loyal person. So you kind of know where you stand with me. Like, I there there were no secrets between you and I. I was like, yeah, Johnny, like I'm throwing your ball in. And when you threw my ball in, you were like, yeah, that's gonna throw your ball in. I got that sense. Listen, I got that sense from you. Honestly, this is the one thing that I can say about about your alliance that made it to the end. Went with the. I mean. Cassie lied to me 10 times about not throwing my ball into it anyways. But when it came to you, when it came to Michaela, especially in the beginning, that's what I respected is the fact that it's like, I knew where you guys stood. Yeah. Amira, not yeah. so much. Because Amira on the first vote came in and she's like, oh, I, we've convinced all the guys. Everyone's voting for Dusty. Don't worry. Just don't vote for me. I was like, all right. And then I find out that she ends up voting for me. So I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. But I mean, that didn't last very, yeah, it didn't last very long. So no, no, no. <laughs> But, um, but I will say that that was, uh, yeah, I mean, there was, there was definitely, and that's why I felt like when the game shifted and I think it really did shift once, once it turned into an individual game and I'm not, I mean, I know obviously the, the, uh, the situation with Tori, um, and you guys kind of was, was kind of an up and down situation there for a minute, but at least when it came to me, I truly felt like once we had established you know, we had like kind of been like, all right, I'm going to look at, let's erase everything that happened. We'll erase the past. We'll forget about all that. Moving forward, this is where I stand. So, and I felt like, you know, everyone kind of stuck to that. And, um, you know, that was, that was good to see, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think we're, I think ultimately the people can see, but yeah, I mean, there was that one time that I defected from it and, and did put in Tori's ball, but then I, because it beat me up so much, like I internally beat myself up so much overdoing that. The next time I was like, all right, I definitely can't throw Tori in. So you had an so so you had kind of a rough, not not in the beginning, but you went through a rough patch there. Not in the beginning, beginning, but kind of like once the defection occurred. I think at, it really what what I think threw everyone's, especially the green team, what threw their game into complete turmoil was the semi truck challenge, right? Uh semi truck challenge, yeah. And then subsequently like me defecting to blue well yeah but i'm saying before you <laughs> defected to blue the only reason you had the opportunity to defect to blue was the semi-truck challenge when tori and i basically threw the challenge and you guys went from being a deadlock to winning that and being 100 safe to then having to go into the first double elimination so mm -hmm. take me kind of back to that moment was this something because i know most people on your team was this something that you guys had even like, was this something that was even on your radar? Like, this was even possible of happening? Or was this, like, once it was happening, it was like, oh, my God, dude. Like, what's going on here? I don't know if you want to take me back to that moment, Johnny, because in that moment, I, I hated you. I know. <laughs> more than you already did. I mean, I'm not kidding. I, I did. I did. I, I guess we should have expected it, but no. I was like, oh, all right, this is going to be easy win. Like, let's just let Michaela go do her thing another round. Monty do his thing another round. They had gotten, you know, everything the first time around. So when that happened, I think it, yeah, really deflated our egos. We thought we were shooing to win the challenge, which we were. So, yeah, that's when my mind flipped from like, oh, these people really don't care. They'll they'll do anything to mix things up. So the game at that point, and, and, and I will say there was, Again, in my opinion, there was two moments in the game when things, there was like a seismic shift in the house. The first, obviously, was my defection. But then it was that double elimination where, again, completely dismantled the green team. And then you defected to blue as well. So for all intents and purposes, green went from being one of the strongest teams to then not having a snowball's chance in hell. 
Uh, yeah, I remember that very vividly, obviously, because I thought I had switched to the most dominant team and we were going to win everything. And then I was like, oh, we're losing. We just lost. How was it playing with Wes? Okay, this is the other thing. Is like, Wes, this is one of the fun... Wes is generally comes into a house with people he's never played with before and is able to rally. He's like, he literally like will walk into the house as if he's like a cult leader. And all these rookies just look at him like, show us, show us to the promised land. And he'll promise 15 people a trip to the final when there's eight spots and it works. This is the first time I've seen him come into a game though, where nobody on the green team was selling what he was buying. He was buying what he was selling. It's like, nah, 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 snake oil. We know what this is. Yeah, and I think that was really where Wes went wrong. I think he was expecting us to react in that way. And I was like, Wes, just be straight up with me. Just communicate with me as if I'm a peer. And I think that's, there There did come a time in the game where I feel like Wes and I were kind of working together. But I've even had, I had this conversation with him at some point where I was like, you literally talk to me in metaphors. Like everything yes. you say to me is a metaphor. And percentages. And, I just, yeah, and Venn, yeah, I just want, Venn diagrams. I just want you to use words that mean something. <laughs> like, stop talking to me like, like this. And I think that's why he, we had a hard time communicating with him because he was always trying to talk over our heads. And it's like, we understand what you're saying, but all of this feels like lies and garbage. So either you're going to be straight up with me and we can figure out a way to work together, or you're going to be, uh, as he put it, a prisoner and his own team. So after the semi-truck challenge, obviously Green targeted Chris because that was like, oh yeah, well, we're going to blame him for the idea to to throw the discs, whatever. That was a collaborative. Was it his idea? It was a collaborative effort, okay? But, okay, but then this was, and this is what I told Wes. He came in, it was like he was trying so hard the entire game to feel like he had some power and some control. Then after that happened, it was like, oh, finally, like, you know, the Green team is now going to vote one of their own in, but he made it out as if it was like, he's the one that orchestrated that whole thing. But I'm like, Wes, I don't know. I think they were going to do that anyways. They're just letting you take the fall for it. Was that kind of like the way it went? Because that ended up really putting him in a bad spot because then no, he, he voted Cassidy, didn't he? No, but it wasn't it. It was yes. Cassidy, but also Chris, didn't you guys vote in Chris as didn't green vote in Chris for basically having the idea to throw the challenge? Oh, well, by then I was on the blue team. You're right. You were on our team, but you still had ins. Do you think, being yeah. a former member of the green team, because that's what I was telling him, is I'm like, Wes, what you're basically doing is you're taking the fall for this idea that's going to happen anyways. Now all the heat is going to come on to you. They're probably happy to give to, to give you credit for it because now Christian and Cassidy are going to want to come after you. Yeah, I mean, it, it honestly worked out beautifully from where I stood because first of all he was pissed that he had voted Cassidy because we told him that's who we were going to vote when all we all knew we were voting for Amanda um and then so he was like oh I just painted a target on my back and I'm like yeah that's great like that, that's that's actually perfect for our game good job um I, yeah I don't know I don't think Wes ever really had the upper hand in this game mm -hmm. um as uh, you know not for his lack of trying and he's gonna doubly unfollow me for saying that but uh, I don't think he could take yeah, right. I don't worry. When I see him at the father, listen, when I see him at the father reveal party, I'm going to tell him to refollow you, okay? Okay, thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. That follow means the world to me. It's the least I can do. Were there any moments throughout this season that didn't make air that you wished would have? 
Oh, I mean, all, all yeah. <laughs> yeah. The stick into the glass challenge when we all fell in the water and there was like eight of like the hottest rear ends I've ever seen from like from the water. Why they edited that out, I don't know. I don't know why them. I would have edited out my rear end either. I, I work really hard on my glutes, so I thought that was going to be my moment to shine and it wasn't. I didn't see it from when I was up on the glass. Once I hit the water, I'm like, wait a minute, this is what production's been looking at the entire time. I would have jumped a lot earlier if I knew this is the view they had. But Johnny, I literally thought everybody's ass was out. I did not realize that there were so few of us, like mostly oh, no, just mine me. was out. Entire, yeah. I think it was just you and me whose entire ass was out. Everybody just had like a little peak of ass. Like mine was like, I'm wearing a thong. And I thought, I thought we were standing in that in solidarity as part of the blue team. Um, and it was just you and me. Ass to glass. Ass to glass. Like, stick that to the script. That was the stretch. Stick to the <laughs> script and you'll <laughs> stick to the glass. Although my ass obviously wasn't even touching the glass. Yours, yours wasn't, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's besides the point. You went quad to glass. Yeah, which, I mean, I, there is much more surface area on my quads than Do my ass. Do you know production thought after they were like, all right, be honest with us. Did you guys hide wax? in your bags and shove it all. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what I do. I pack wax in my bag just in case we do an elimination where we have to stick to stuff. <laughs> right, right. I just, right. I have, you should see the things in my bag. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know why I was so stuck to that glass, but I literally had to push myself off. Like I yeah. could have stayed there all day long. It's, it, yeah. Um, no, trust me. Cause I, mine was out too. There, Cause I mean, I don't know if you've, Oh, you probably have everyone seen my ass, but it's very white because it has never like there's parts of my butt I don't think has ever seen the sun. And so I had mine hiked up and I got ended up getting such a bad sunburn. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah, it was yeah. burned for like probably two weeks. Like it was bad, bad. Yes, we did not think to put sunscreen on our butts no. before we initiated this plan. I think also the the Fessy Josh fight that was yep. pretty epic. Um Dude. Did not make air. Do you think that's a CBS thing, though, that, that that they don't want, that they're looking at it like, we don't want drama, we don't want, you know, butt cheeks, we don't want, you know, drunken fights? It's kind of bizarre because it's a 10 p.m. time slot, and, like, kids shouldn't be up at 10 p.m. watching TV anyway. But, yeah, I think it's certainly a, you know, it's, it's a family show, so they got to make it family-friendly, and I guess they don't want to promote fighting. And, butt cheeks? And butts, yeah, and butt cheeks. <laughs> butt stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Not allowed on CBS. Not allowed. Wait, CBS. I'm shocked. CBS doesn't promote butt stuff. That is that shocking. Blasphemous. I know. I know. At the end, I mean, listen, got to absolutely hand it to Chris. I mean, even though, and I've said this before, the guy put himself in the position he was in. Like, let's absolutely. be real. It's not like he played this this phenomenal social game the entire time. Didn't burn oh my bridges. Gosh. Johnny, all I've been everyone, on the interviews with him all day, and he, I still think he doesn't quite understand how bad of a social game he played. I, I don't think he, I, as many times he went to elimination, I think he still doesn't quite get it. But, sorry. Continue. Okay, so what's his take then? Okay, so you did interviews. What, what, what's his, he just felt like he was unfairly targeted? I mean, I'm going to have him on too, so I'm going to roast him a little bit. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was kind of just like, yeah, I was, I, I thought I, he thought he was solid with Michelle and Josh and then by proxy was also good with the rest of the vets. So from his perspective, he was being loyal to the people he was trying to be loyal to, but then also he was survivor strong. But at the same time, telling me that he wasn't survivor strong. Yeah, I mean, he clearly wasn't survivor strong. I don't think he was anywhere strong. He was just like floating with the wind um, and trying to just trying to play middle. There, we, I literally had a conversation with Chris very early on in the game where he was like, look, Desi, I'm just like chilling. I'm, I'm playing the middle. It's working out well for me. You should come and play the middle with me. And I was like, Chris, 
Respectfully, you, like, truly playing the middle, though. If you're truly playing the middle, the art of playing the middle is not saying any. It, it's it's not making any deals and not making any allegiances anywhere. You're literally just in the middle. You're you're not right. picking. Not a side. making allegiance with everyone. The problem yeah, with him I, I is he chose every side. Exactly, exactly. I think he doesn't quite see that. And because here's the thing, and I again, when I had Fessy on my podcast, I was like, Fessy, you literally voted me in to the, on the second elimination, like I'm or third. You roomed with Chris. By all intents and purposes, when we got to the end, it should have been Chris sending me in or you sending me in, not vice versa. So at what, like, that's what I'm saying is that at what point did it get to the point where it was like, even people you roomed with started throwing you in over somebody that they'd already thrown in earlier in the season. But he still, I mean, I got to hand it again. He put himself in, the, in, a, in, a, in a bad position, but... Dude, did he ever work his way out of it, man? That was that was an impressive run at the end. I've never witnessed anything like that. Without a doubt. Yeah, he's a monster. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. The final, um, what'd you think of the final overall? How, how, would, you, how would you compare this to the first <laughs> final you ran? <laughs> right, right. Uh, I mean, that first final was grueling. That was a grueling. rough 10 minutes in the water. Jeez, yeah. Gee, yeah, yeah, those waves. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the final was tough. Do I think it was the toughest final that we've ever seen on the challenge? No. Was it physically taxing, though? And did it push me, like, to to tap into something deeper mentally? Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm not going to say, like, this is the most badass final ever, but I think we were challenge sufficiently considering how well Michaela I mean and again her and Chris both like towards the end were just beast and everything did you feel like she was your biggest competition going into the final and were you kind of surprised at how I don't know how she I guess when on the second day didn't necessarily rise to to, to, to the occasion yeah I mean I think I knew I was going to the final with the other three strongest women so I think any four of us would have had a really good shot I think when I was like, oh, shit, Michaela might have this on me. It was at day one during that strength trial. Like, she was done with four boxes, and I had only gotten two. And I was like, oh, God, Michaela is built differently. I'm like, how? How am I going to win this? And truthfully, I mean, she and I ran that first leg of the final together. We arrived at that risk station at the same time. She just hesitated. And I was like, it's first come, first serve. So I'm going to serve that- myself. I'm not going to, I mean, that was, that was a bu- that, because she talked about that because I rode back with her after and that's what she kept bringing up. She's like, I made it there first, but that's, I'm like, yo, this is, she did in all honesty, what you should have done last night. Okay. And we're going to get into that right now because there is a very large part of the final that they just conveniently omitted. And that was the up all night portion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what ended up happening was. I figured out this certain cadence in order to count, in order to figure out how to get off. I was the only one that figured it out, but she was like right there with me. She kind of had the same idea that I had. 
So as soon as I was able to, basically the way it worked for everyone, you, you didn't see it. Right. We had to stand up on podiums and we had to stand up there for an hour. Once you hit an hour, you can get off. But we had to time it within five minutes of an hour. So basically we had to sit there and in our head count to 60, 60 times. If you were one second short of an hour, if you're 59 minutes and 59 seconds, you had to get back on. Or if you were one hour and six minutes and one second or one hour and five minutes and one second, you had to get it within five minutes. So everyone was trying to count and I was counting as well. And it just seemed like everyone had like different times. So I'm like, I'm just going to do this on my own. And I kind of figured out the strategy and how to do it. And everyone, me and Kayla were, were, were very close by like a few seconds, you know, the first time we all got off at the wrong time. The first one, the second time you guys all got off first and I decided to stay up for another five minutes and I ended up figuring it out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But then on the third round, when you guys did it, she was the one that counted and she basically was the one that won it for all you guys. You're probably right. I don't know. I, yeah, and I, I told her, I was, like, <laughs> I was like, she was like, I wanted to help everyone. I'm like, Michaela, you do realize this is a final, an individual final. And she's like, I get that now. I get that now. But I mean. Yeah. I mean, we all decided to work together. It was very kumbaya. I'm sure that's why it wasn't, wasn't shown, <laughs> but also like doing that alone <laughs> would have been even more miserable because what if you're the one person still standing at the end? I know that Ugh. was scary, dude. When you guys all got off, I'm like, God, I hope I'm right. Cause if not, I'm going to be the only idiot still standing out here by myself. Exactly. And that would have been shown. Kumbaya. <laughs> yeah. One million percent. Yeah. Um, how was the, out of the four stations in the first day, which one did you, which one was the worst? Which one did you hate the most? It wasn't the spelling. Cause you and I are like savants, but. Which one do you yeah, hate the most? I mean, we do, yeah, we understand that it's vengeance and not vengeance. Vengeance. You know, everybody, everybody comes to spelling in their own way, I guess. Smooshing, uh, <laughs> not smoozing. Right. Corey smooshes, smooshes. Honestly, I was like, dang, I hope he doesn't help his kids with their spelling homework. Man, um, I obviously did the worst at the Connect Four, and in my head, I had like a clear plan, and then I just yep. couldn't implement it. I don't know. Shit How are you on eating? I forgot. How'd you do on the eating one? I finished second. Uh, mm -hmm. Tori was, there was, there there was no way you could beat Tori. I don't know how, I mean, she downed that pretty quickly. I mean, uh, you've seen what, you've seen on past seasons what Tori's put in her mouth. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Tori. Torbag. Oh, tor <laughs> um, so, all right. So we got Corey and Chanel who both lose. Uh, so they're 0-4 going into day two. Um, night two. Wait, were they zero and four? Chanel wasn't that far behind, was she? Well, they no, both she lost. Yeah, but she just didn't double down on the wrong time. That's what that's what put Corey so far behind. Is he doubled down on the one that he lost yeah, and then didn't win yeah. anything? I think he lost all of them. Didn't he? he did. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But he lost. He was came in last on the one he doubled down on. Yeah, yeah, that's really bad. Put the man in a hole. So the second day, obviously, they didn't. That's the thing is they don't. They they never show. The fans never, and when you're watching the phone, you never get an accurate feeling of how miserable it actually was, right? Going to the second day. I was so shot all morning. They couldn't, they had guys getting lost on ATVs everywhere. So like we started like three hours late. It's like, why couldn't we just sleep in the tent for another three hours instead of sitting here? Right. Why have I been awake all day, all morning long? I only slept for two hours last night when I could have slept for four. All morning. Um, well, you didn't have my... Sleeping pills. I would have given you one if you would have asked politely. I, I, well, I was still standing on a pillar when you went to sleep. Oh, that's actually... Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about yeah. that. So the first acts... Okay, so... And we knew what the what, what the stakes were. You had to... You know, the, the, the two... 
uh, risk stations. Did you know that these two risk stations were going to play such a, like, did you know that they were going to factor into the ultimate, you know, outcome of the, of the final as much as they did? I couldn't have imagined that they would have. No, no. And I also don't think I realized, I guess I, I guess he did say like you get a significant advantage but I didn't realize how significant the advantage yeah. would be if you successfully completed the, the risk station. Because they told us that on the first challenge. Like, you get a significant advantage. Remember on the statues? Where we had to stick, carry the statues up the mountain? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. And what was the advantage? So the advantage was, well, no, the first two advantages were, were, were pretty legit. You put them on a wagon, and then the second one, you got to remove the base. Yes. But remember the third one, which, again, they didn't, they conveniently left out. Uh, they didn't show you got to take a shortcut. They're like, oh, it's a significant advantage. The shortcut ended up being almost just as long as the front cut. I think it was shorter, but more dangerous. So it was like you were literally on the edge of a cliff, so you can't run. You have to yeah. go slowly or you're dead. So usually when they say an advantage, it's, yes, it's an advantage, but it's not like if you don't do this, you're potentially doomed. Yeah, exactly. There's usually a way to make it up. And, and there, I think there was really no way to make up those well, once Fessy missed his first, the axes, he was done. That's going to add a mile and 1.2 miles onto a run. You're, you're smoked. Yeah, you're screwed. Coming up to the weight basket, which is which was my undoing, uh, we, we briefly touched on this before. You and Michaela kind of show up at the same time or maybe her was slightly before. Is it almost, you know, when you come to a stop sign simultaneously as someone? Here's what I do. When I come up, I don't care who has right away. I just go because I know that they're going to hesitate. Right. Is that kind of what you did with, 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 with Michaela? You came up, you're both at a stop sign, and you're like, ah, fuck this, you have the right way, but I'm just going to go. So, you know, you have to read what it says on the sign before you start playing the game, right? So she hadn't really, we read it together. And then she put her hands down on her knees and was like, looked around and said, okay, now what do we do? And for me, that was like my clear go ahead. I was like, you don't know what to do. I'm, I certainly know what to do. It's first come first serve. So here I go. Um, so there was like a moment of pause where I was like, technically she got here before me, but it, she paused. And so if you hesitate, I'm hesitation take kills of that. the cat. Um, is that the saying? <laughs> in, in, in this instance, in this instance, curio it's curiosity. Oh, cur okay. Well, I think okay, <laughs> curiosity, but I think hesitation could kill a cat as well. Probably. I've seen I've seen many cats die due to hesitating. Oh, okay. Well, um, but I think long. you're right. Maybe Peter, I, you know, I think come for you. I think you are right. I think it is curiosity. Yeah. I got yeah, twilighting okay. and I got honeymooning and twilighting mixed up a few weeks ago as well. I said I was honeymooning somewhere when I was actually twilighting somewhere. I don't know what twilighting somewhere means. Like if you're like going, if you're like kind of like somewhere on, like on vacation or if you're there for like, you know, so if you're like, oh, like, okay, for example, right now I'm twilighting in Florida. I live in California and I'm twilighting in Florida. I don't live here per se, but, but I said I was honeymooning. That's something completely, that's probably something I'll never do. Yeah, I mean, keep hope alive. I mean, from, I, Michaela, I think gave you some really good advice this season. Do you remember what it was when it comes no. to dating? No, please tell me. <laughs> she told you you need to date somebody with a W-2. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll make all the difference. So you're saying that people on OnlyFans don't have W-2s? You don't have W-2s for OnlyFans? Um, no, I believe that they get something called a 1099 at the end of the year. It's, it's different. You need somebody with a, a stable salary job. <laughs> so women out there with a W-2, hit up, hit up Johnny Bananas, but you can only find him on social media you are on OnlyFans. The, here's the problem with me, though. 
when I meet a girl that's like, oh, she's got her shit together. She's stable. I'm like, you know, when you put two magnets together and they push each other apart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then I meet a girl that's got like issues or like a wounded bird. And I'm like a moth to a flame. I don't know yeah, what it is. Like, oh my God, I love this. Don't know what it is. I, I think that's called uh, maybe trauma. Um, no, it's called Captain save Yeah, or, or that. That. <laughs> it's called but Captain Sabre. You think you're a catch, Johnny? But yeah, just Aww. stop trying to save them. I know. Well, no, I've, they don't listen, want to be saved. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, you ain't gonna fool me again. Or twenty-four times. I can't imagine. Only have two girlfriends. So. <laughs> about a baker. About a baker. <laughs> I'd say a baker's dozen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> what? How, we digress, people. We went way, way off, way off the tracks. Somehow we went from uh, weighing rocks to me getting relationship advice. So well, it's all it's all beneficial here on the it's all heavy. death taxes. It's all, it's and all about wait, you know what? It's all about finding a balance. Wait, it's called death taxes and bananas, and now we've just talked about our the tax documents of W two and ten ninety nine. So that's you're why. welcome for the taxes part of your podcast, probably for Thank the first you. time. Now we just got to kill someone. Now someone's just got to well, die. You can you can handle that with somebody else. Who do you want to kill? Who would you kill like on the on the cast if you could and just get away with it? I'll help you bury the body. Who are we killing? Um, unpopular opinion, but the house cat. Mm, the house cat. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. Yeah, that thing was a little mangy, dude. Wasn't I'm a like, fan. Very sickly house cat that I just felt like was going to bring some kind of virus into our home. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> To be fair, most of the people now, they're probably immune to just about everything out there. So I don't know. Even You know what? I'll tell you what. Curiosity did not kill that cat. No, that cat stayed alive. It's probably I don't still think a house. nuclear Armageddon could kill that cat. <laughs> no. Um, no. All right. So the way station, this is, this is where my game completely went up in absolute flames. Uh, how did you do? Okay. And again, like I'm usually, I usually pride myself on being able to, you know, figure out and be shifty and, you know. I thought, here's what I did. Tell me if yours was different. I count. I tried to count the amount of rocks in the basket that were already there. Then I tried to count the same amount that were similar size and put them in. And I'm like, okay, this is that's what I got to do. Didn't work. The issue is different rocks have different densities. So the size of a rock doesn't necessarily determine how heavy it is. So it's not the size of the rock. It's the density of the ocean. You got it. Very, very... <laughs> Man, we've just taken you through science class. Um, so there was a little bit of <laughs> there was a little bit of teetering in the scale. Like it would be very slight, but that's like I I really especially after you screwed it, like after you did you didn't get it right. I was like I'm gonna take my time because I gotta beat Michaela and I can't run anymore. So I, every time I'd put a rock, I'd step back and see like did it teeter at all one way or another. Then I put another rock, see again did it teeter at all one way or another. What do you mean, so that's why. What do you mean teeter? Because, I mean, it was a scale that was kind was of held. It was locked. It was locked, yeah. But there was a little bit of teeter. Was there? But I had I to step back to see it. Like, if you're up oh, close, you can't see it. I didn't That's why after I placed every rock, I stepped back and was like, all right, is anything, did anything move? Dang. Until nothing teetered. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then when you were over there <laughs> stacking rocks, I'm like, yep, it moved a little. <laughs> Yeah, it's on the ground. <laughs> um, okay, so okay, so that's what it was. It was the it was the teeter. All right, well, I'm gonna write yeah. that down. But my question is, Johnny, why did you you had why did you have to keep carrying the rock? Um, because when we left the axe, when I left the axe throwing thing, I was just I forgot about the rock. When I left the axe throwing thing, I just completely 
spaced it and I just took off running. So about half a mile down the road, an ATV pulls up to me and gives me the rock. They're like, dude, you got to carry this now for an extra mile or half mile or whatever after. So that set me back even more. So once Chris got the rocks right and got an ATV, I'm like, all right, I can outrun a lot of things. Okay. I can't outrun my past and I cannot outrun an ATV. Um, and I, so I knew, and then carrying the rock dude, and then seeing all you guys, but I'll never forget. I don't know why it was so funny when you drove by. Cause you like, kind of like gave me like the peace sign you drove and your turn signal was on. Oh, <laughs> so I you're just nothing. cruising down <laughs> the trail with your turn signal on. I don't know why I thought that was so funny, but yeah, you passed me. Then friggin' Chanel passed me and then Corey passed me. And I was just waiting. I didn't realize Fessy had been eliminated at this point. I'm like, all right, now Fessy's going to pass me and I'm done. And then he never did. And I didn't realize it was because he got, you know, eliminated. So, yeah, yeah, that, that was it. Um, you know what? You carrying that rock, though, I think motivated me more than anything. Because I was like, not only am I going to have to run on foot to catch up with Michaela, but if I get this wrong, I'm also going to have to run more with this 30-pound rock. No, I didn't realize I've, that I wasn't going to have yeah, to put the you, you rock. didn't. But whatever, it worked out. Yeah, that sucked. Um, but yeah, I knew at that point then, I mean, I was like, okay, now I just need to finish just because I'm not going to quit because I knew that, you know, there was a zero. I, I didn't know what the third wrist station was, but unless it was like tr- Chris is going to get shot in the neck with a tranquilizer dart that could put down an <laughs> elephant, like, yeah, I'm not catching yeah. up. And that's kind and the of the last, way that the, the rest of the station went. wasn't optional anyway, right? So we no. all had to do it. Was there any? Yeah, it was like you just have to get this right to keep you going. You just had to do it. Everyone got it right, yeah. which was actually pretty surprising. I was surprised that everyone got it. Well, you and Corey worked on it together, which is kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that one together. Oh, thank God. Did you know? Because sometimes, I mean, obviously, the last or did you know that that last climb was kind of the last climb? Like, at what point did you know? You're like, did you, you see TJ? You saw the flags? Did you know it was over? Or were you like, all right, this might just continue to go? Oh my gosh. I mean, it took forever to find those flags. I don't know about you, but when Corey and I were on the course, there had been a sign, like, you know how we were following those yellow arrows throughout the entire time? One of the signs, the wind had blown, so the arrow was placing, like, was it still askew when you got there? Off the cliff? You're like, wait, we got to jump off a cliff now. (laughs) Right. So Corey and I are going through, like, these fields, these grassy fields, like, why, like, we can literally see the end. Why would they tell us the trail is this way? Um, that climb lasted entirely, like, way longer than I thought. I knew it was the end because I had heard Chris, like, yelping, essentially, like, you know, doing his celebration scream. Yeah, yeah. So I knew it had to be the end, and it couldn't just be, like, a fake end. But that climb lasted forever. 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 It just seems forever. like it's never going to end. And you're just putting one foot in front of the other. You're like, I'm just going to count to, I'll, I'll just put my head down. I'm like, just. Take a hundred steps before you take a break. Yeah. Don't even look up because you're just not going to feel like you're any closer. No. It's like when you're swimming, you look at something, you're like, all right, I'm just going to not look at it for a while. You put, you're like, I haven't moved. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like swimming backwards. All right. And then just tell me, and then obviously like this is, remind me, Survivor. How did you do on your seasons of Survivor? Um, I only did one season of Survivor and it was not noteworthy. So, okay. um, yeah, not well. So tell me then, I mean, obviously not noteworthy Survivor came up just short last season, not to your own or season before this season. And obviously not, not, not because, because of anything you did, but what was that like? How gratifying was that to cross the finish line, to see TJ, to hear Chris yelping, to just know that it's like, damn dude, I've, I saw this thing through. 
Yeah. I mean, I think people are probably annoyed with hearing this story, but I, I truly went because I did so poorly in Survivor. When I came into season one of the challenge, five years after Survivor, five years older, five years less fit, like I was like, I'm going to suck at this game. Like, why am I even going? Why am I even putting myself through this? So over the course of season one, I slowly built my confidence. And by the time I made it to the final, I was like, ain't nobody seeing me in this final. Like, I'm like, maybe Sarah can beat me, but like, I'm winning this. Um, so then when I didn't have the opportunity to even compete in the final, that was devastating because I'd worked all season long to kind of build up my confidence to that point. So coming back to this season, it was really, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. So yeah, I really felt like I had something to prove. I definitely had to do better than season one, but I wanted to prove to myself that season one wasn't a fluke. I didn't make it to the final as a fluke. Um, I deserved to make it to the final and I deserved to win. So it was really just like a culmination of like, the season one build and then it's like stalling the car has stalled and like i got the car started again got the confidence again and to win was just like holy shit like i am worthy of this you you are you listen you handled yourself incredibly this season i was really impressed with just your demeanor all season however you do realize what this means now that you've won what does that mean Dude, you're you're going to start experiencing what it feels like to be me now going on challenges because you ain't going to just be skating through anymore. People are going to look at you the closer it gets to a final. They're going to be like, she won. She's an absolute beast. We got to figure out a way to like get rid of her sooner rather than later. That's kind of like the burden with winning. It's like, yes, you've won, but now you're going to be put in this different category where people are going to try and get rid of you solely for the fact that you have won and they have not. So that hill that you had to climb at the end of the challenge, well... From here on out, your challenge path is basically going to resemble that every season. It's going to get a little bit steeper. I'll start training. That's what I guess that's what that means. Start training now. I don't think you need to try. I think, I think you're pretty well trained up. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Desi, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Again, incredible season. It was amazing to uh, you know watch you play, watch you compete this season, and to watch not just your challenge. IQ, knowledge, competition, balloon, but also our friendship. Aww. That was such a sweet ending. No, I agree. I agree. We went from zero to 100. And I've got so much respect for you. I'm like, I'm so proud when I look amongst all the challenge champs. I'm like, damn, this is a pretty elite group to be a part of. That was a stat crew, man. Yeah, you definitely, yeah. you definitely. Uh, so now, okay, now let me ask you this. Say I go on another season. Say I go on like, I don't know, next season, season after or whatever, or I go on some like, I don't know, <laughs> uh, Love Island and you have a friend going I mean, right on. now you're doing all of the shows. So like all of this is entirely possible. You have a friend going on doesn't know me. You're going to vouch for me or are you going to be like, mm, I don't know. I think I'm going to give a little bit more context. Like I'm going to be like, he's a great guy. I'm going to vouch for him, but just know he's an acquired taste. So give him some time to grow on you. I think, I think you need uh there needs to be some qualifiers there. I say I'm a slow burn. That's what it is. It takes a while, but you also have to realize I'm used to new every season, like new people coming in and going out. So it takes me a while to like really open up and warm up to people. Cause I'm just used to people teeing off on me right out of the gate. So, um, but thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. At least you're used to it. For anyone that wants to catch up with you, follow you, uh, find out what Desi's doing on a daily basis besides going on hikes and stuff. Where can they find you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, follow me on Instagram, Desi J Williams. Um, I'm starting a little YouTube channel, but it's fresh. Um, but yeah, definitely follow me on Instagram. I, that's where I post the most Desi right. at Desi J Williams. And she has a W-2, ladies and gentlemen, so she's not on OnlyFans. 
I actually don't because I'm a business owner. Um, oh, well, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm not the girl for you, Johnny. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, <laughs> what was all that one in a million talk? <laughs> but there's right. plenty out there. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on, Desi. Hell of a season. Um, are we going to see you again? Uh, TBD, TBD. Okay. Next year I'm getting married. Won't, you know, not, probably won't be ideal timing, but I'll never say never. Congratulations. If you need if anyone Johnny to jump. Johnny can do it to his 40s, so can I, right? If you need anyone to jump out of your wedding cake, you let me know. Oh, all right. That's very tempting offer. So, <laughs> don't, so I'm not going to pass that one up. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for stopping by the Death Taxes and Bananas podcast where the tea flows like wine and my guests instinctively flock like the salmon of Capistrano. I am Oprah and I love you. Okay, bye.